Do you know you are the most wonderful partners in the world? I really mean that. I'm so grateful that the Lord sent you my way. And I pray the Lord today is going to really bless you because I want to show you today a beautiful healing service I had only a few days ago when I ministered for my children, Michael and Jessica, at Jesus' image. You know, the last few days I've been talking to you about the situation with Russia and the Ukraine. Today, I just want the Lord to heal you. I just want the Lord to bless you. You're going to feel His beautiful presence. You're going to be so blessed by the anointing you're going to sense. Because I think we all need it. You know, the Lord is on the throne. All is well. I'm telling you, all is well with you. All is well with your family. All is well with your future. Because Jesus is on the throne and all is well. And Lord, we love you. And we thank you for what you're about to do today on this beautiful, beautiful program, Lord. Beautiful day for all of us. Beautiful week in Jesus' name next week in a glorious way. And God's people said, Amen, Amen. So let's just sit and enjoy this beautiful healing service. And if you are sick in body, this is your day to be healed. So watch, relax, and receive from the loving hands of Jesus. I want to come back and pray with you. Watch. Lift your hands and thank Him for His mercies. Blessed be your name, Lord. You're the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus. Sweet, darling Jesus. And we come in his name tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you. We thank you. That you answer prayer. You said, come unto me, all you who labor. I'll give you rest. You also said, call unto me and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. What a privilege. Amazing, amazing privilege. Give you all the praise today. And you people have come expecting. They've come believing. For we know there is nothing impossible with you. The word impossible does not exist with you. You are God Almighty. And your people have come, many of them watching in their homes, who are sick in body, troubled in mind, troubled in their souls. But you promised. You said, I will heal thee of all thy wounds, and I will restore health unto thee. 
at your promise. There's power in your holy name. Mighty power in your name. And that's why, Lord, we can ask in faith, knowing all things are possible. And I pray those who've come tonight with sickness in their body will leave that sickness behind and leave whole, totally whole. And Jesus, that's a blessing. Jesus, Jesus, there is something about that name, Master, Master, Savior, Jesus, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain, Jesus, 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 let all heaven, let the earth proclaim kings and kingdoms. And kings and kingdoms, they'll all pass away. But there's something about your name.
Chad, I hope we are sharing this already. Good. I want to welcome everyone watching online. In fact, I'm sharing it myself with our people because I believe that people need healing around the world. And I want to begin because I really want to lift your faith. You know, faith comes by hearing. And today, not many people, sadly, in certain places even mention that God heals. And it's a shock that even pastors are dying too young and losing their ministries. Some are committing suicide because of mental illness. Our God is a healing God. And we should not forget the back of the cross. Yes, thank God for those and us too. We've been preaching salvation for years. The front of the cross is salvation. But the back, that's healing. With his stripes, we're healed. So we cannot just receive 50% of the benefits. Our God is a healing God. And we have to understand that the Bible is clear on that. Someone came to Oral Roberts years ago, and he told me that himself, Bill Oral was my neighbor <clears throat> for years. And I'd go see him sometimes twice a week as he got older. I went quite often. And one time he said, you know, he said this, this preacher came to him one day and said, I do not believe God heals. And they talked back and forth. And finally Oral said, go get me a scissors. The man didn't know why. He said, just go find me a pair of scissors. So he came, kind of puzzled. Why? And Oral gave it to him. He said, now every portion of the Bible that mentions God heals, cut it out. And the man said, well, I cannot do that. Why not? Well, if I begin cutting pieces out of the Bible, I'll be destroying the word. He said, that's Exactly what you do. 
every time you say, God does not heal. Because it's in the word. He said, anyone that says that he heals, just cut it out. Can't do that. So, our God is a mighty healing God. I was, I was in, a, in a little town years ago, way up in Canada, called Spanish, Ontario. Now, Spanish, Ontario is about not too far from Sudbury. And a group, uh, I was to minister to a group of North American Indians. Now, that was the first time in my life with these dear people. Now, the North American Indians way up there are very serious people. They don't smile much, or they did not back then anyways. And in front of me sat, I'd say seven, eight hundred of them. I was sponsored. You'd be surprised to hear that. The first people that sponsored me were Catholics. The Pentecostals didn't believe that God was using me. This was way back, we're talking 1974 and 1975, you know. So the, uh, there was a great move of God in Quebec among the French Canadians and uh, some of these wonderful Catholic uh, people were having tremendous revivals in Canada. I was quite shocked one time. I, I, I showed up to one of their, of their meetings in in Toronto, and they were showing Catherine Kuhlman's film from Las Vegas, and thousands of Catholics were in that room, and I'm sitting there watching this movie with them, which I'd seen many times. So anyways, uh, and then the part of God hit. Uh, people were getting filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues and all that, and the, at the end of the service, to my shock, they began praying to Mary, and I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought, what are they doing praying to Mary? We just, you know, saw the power of God move and people getting saved and people getting healed and filled with the Spirit. And now, hail Mary, full of grace. I I almost wanted to run out. And the Lord said, don't you dare. You stay right here. I said, Lord, but there, you know, I didn't like it. And the Lord said, you keep that with me. Don't, Don't even touch it. And what was amazing is later, these same Catholics received by the Holy Spirit that it's not about Mary. The Lord himself told them. And I had a friend, I had a friend of mine named David Duplessis. Now, many of you probably never heard of him. He was known as Mr. Pentecost. He was a mighty man of God. And he ministered to Catholics, including the Pope himself, John Paul II. David ministered to the Pope, prayed for him, if you want to really know, to, to receive the Holy Spirit. That's a fact. Anyway, so uh, one of the archbishops invited him to have a big meeting with all the Catholic hierarchy, and they asked him publicly about Mary. He said, I obey Mary every day. And they kind of were all happy about that. And they, and they all said, you, you what? He said, I obey her every day. She said, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. <laughs> and, I, and I obey her every day. I do exactly what she says. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And thank God, you know, he won many Catholics. But anyway, so I'm invited now by the Catholic Church to go preach in a very uh, forsaken part of Canada. <clears throat> and I had with me some Pentecostal preachers. <clears throat> I'll never forget 
to my dying day, the Catholic priest with the longest beard I ever saw in a human being. I'm not kidding you, before God Almighty, that man's beard went all the way down to his shoes. I'm not kidding. That beard just kept going, and I, I have no idea how he grew that thing. It was literally touching the shoes of that priest. So when he sat down, it was like out like a carpet, you know. And uh, there was about 10 of them sitting behind me, and two or three or so Pentecostal preachers on the other side. So I'm preaching to these Indian people, sweet people, not one of them smiling, not one of them smiling, just staring. And, and I sang by myself. No, nobody even knew uh, any of the worship songs like How Great Thou Art or, you know, the beautiful songs we all sing. Not one of them even knew it. They knew some, I guess, songs they sang in their Catholic churches. So I'm just worshiping the Lord by myself. And I began preaching on Psalm 103. And I said, uh, God will heal all of you tonight. And, you know, I was in my 20s. I began preaching when I was 21. This had to be, I don't know, I was 23 years old, somewhere there. It was a brand new day for me, even with, with what God was doing in those days. So this, this, this guy starts coming up while I'm preaching. He was a cripple. His wife was with him, a little girl next to him, and a little baby in the mom's hand. And he's coming like this, walking up. He had a brace on, metal brace, and he's coming up very slowly like this. Well, you know, I didn't know what to do with him. In, in our meetings that we had in Toronto in those days and Buffalo and other places, the, the ushers would stop and say, can we help you? No ushers there. <laughs> Even the musician did not know what to play. God bless her. She was an old lady who kept m missing the keys. Finally said, it's okay. No need, you know, we'll do it without that. So this guy comes up, and he looks at me with his wife, his baby, his daughter, and he said, I'm a crippled man. I've been, he was 28 years old. He said, I've had an accident. He said, and my, 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 they told him his legs would never, ever, uh, he would never like walk properly. And you can see all the metal braces on him. And he said, my wife has cancer, our first baby died, and then he lifts the sleeve of the girl, his little girl, and it was bleeding everywhere, blood everywhere. He said, you came here to tell us that Jesus heals, prove it. I said, Whoa. Never in my life did someone tell me to prove it like that. And I looked at those sweet people with lines in their faces. They all had big lines in their faces. They, they looked like rough people, big people. And they were just staring at me like not a soul even was smiling. I said, this is it. If God doesn't heal that, that man, I'm dead. It's over. <laughs> those people don't look too happy. And so I looked at all those priests, I, Pentecostal preachers. I said, get down on your knees now. So they all got down on, on the knees, and I got down on my knees with them, and that man is still standing there waiting for my answer. Prove it. I looked up, I said, Dear Jesus, I'm preaching your gospel, not mine. I said, This man is telling me to... I'm, I'm praying real, really loud. I said, This man is telling me to prove it. You prove it. 
And when I said that, when I said that, we heard a big pow, and the man was on the floor. And his wife, and his baby, and his girl piled up. Now, what was so funny, I got to tell you what was so funny, is the Catholic priests were all whispering, and the Pentecostals were screaming behind me. Finally, I said, Shh. I said, God is not deaf. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. And so, but it was a funny moment for me. God has a sense of humor. This guy who had just come up saying, prove it, jumps up like a spring. We heard a big thump. He jumps up, tears his, his uh, brace off, throws his crutches, runs down, uh, way down the aisle, comes back. He comes up screaming and jumping. And the mother starts freaking out. They pull the sleeve of the girl. Her skin was perfect. Now I'm here to tell you. Anyone who tells me God doesn't heal, it's too late. I've seen it. Time and time and time and time again. The first, listen, the first healing I ever saw was a lady in Pittsburgh in a Catherine Kuhlman service way before I was in the ministry. I just got saved when I was 19. Now I'm probably 20. I go down to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and myself and a guy named Al Perichin were responsible for this lady on the bus. A man named Jim Pointer used to take buses down from Toronto to Pittsburgh to see Catherine Kuhlman. And one of the first meetings I ever went to with us was this lady, guys. Now, believe me, I'm telling you the truth. May God strike me, okay? She was bent over like, like the hunch of Notre Dame. That woman was twisted like, twisted like, like this, with arthritis. Short little thing. Her husband carried her purse. I'll never forget the guy, bald-headed, walking like this with his, with his wife's purse. And Jim says to myself and Al, he said, you help them up and down the bus when we stop for food or this or that. The drive from Toronto to Pittsburgh is seven hours non-stop. But if you stop, it'll be at least nine or ten hours. So think about being on a bus, nine hours, whatever, seeing this dear lady like this. And every time we stopped for food, we, you know, dear Al and I had to go and get the wheelchair from under the bus because it couldn't be on the bus. So we had to take it out and pull it out and open it up and go up and, and take this little lady, put her in her wheelchair, put her in and all that, all day long. The next morning, same thing, we had to help her from the hotel to the bus to the service. It was a good Friday. And I will never forget, Syria Mosque, Northside Pittsburgh. Anybody from Pittsburgh knows that area. And here we are sitting, and by the way, she was witty. She was a witty woman. She said, hey, boys. She did this to us. She said, hey, boys. With her you know, crooked fingers, she did this. She said, <laughs> she said don't you let the ushers see my wheelchair. They don't, they don't let wheelchairs on the, on, the, on the main floor, which we knew it already. Because Catherine demanded that all wheelchairs go to the basement. You know, some people weren't happy with that, but that's just the way she was. So she said, I don't want to be in the, in the basement. I want to sit on the main floor, so don't let them see my wheelchair. All right, we'll just carry you in. So we kept her wheelchair on the bus, and we carried her in, running down the aisle because everybody else was running. 
When those doors opened, people ran like they were in a race to get seats. So we're running, and, and dear Al and I are praying, Lord, blind those ushers, blind those ushers. Please don't, don't, don't let them see us, because they, they would have probably said no. We put her down. By the time we are finished, the whole floor is packed. The only seats are on the balcony with our people who were walking very, very slow. Most of them were old, sweet people from, from Canada, and they couldn't make it too fast, so they had to go on the balcony. They couldn't run. Anyway, so we go, and the balcony came around and was right over the platform here and over there. Great seats, you know, right up top. So now we are sitting up there. Catherine just comes on the platform. She wouldn't, she hadn't even preached. She was extremely dramatic, like extremely dramatic. She looked like a ballerina coming on, you know, doing this with her dress and, you know, all that loveliness. Did you hear what I said? Okay. Anyways. So she's leading in how great thou art, and she's doing her thing. And I was, you know, she was just very dramatic for me. First time I ever heard her, she said, hello there. Have you been waiting for me? I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, who is this? That was on TV. She came on every morning on CBS, right, right after Day of Discovery with Richard DeHaan, she'd come on. Well, anyways, she's leading in how great thou art, and that woman we had brought in begins to do this. She starts moving in her seat. This is before even anything starts. She starts. God begins to stretch her body in front of our eyes. Nobody laying hands on her. You that are sick, believe tonight it's going to happen here. They begin. Listen, listen. God begins to stretch her legs. Her whole body starts to do this. And I went nuts up there. I began hitting Jim. And all I could go is, ha, 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 ha. That's it. You'd do worse. If, 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 if you were there and you saw that lady after 10 hours... The day before and a few hours the same morning, we, listen, we had to line up out the door by like four hours. And that poor woman was the whole, like, you know, whole, whole time like that. Now she's doing all this down there. And we're like, ah, 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 like this. Come on, you do the same thing and you know it. She stands up straight. Wait, wait. They bring her on the platform, and Catherine says, what's this? And Gene Martin, a wonderful man who became a friend of mine later, tells her about this lady who was crippled with arthritis. And Catherine is just thrilled. Everybody's screaming up there. We're all crying. And Ms. Kuman is about to pray for her. I'll never forget this as long as I live. Ms. Kuman is about to pray for her. And this little lady was now straight like that. She says, Miss Kuman, just a second. Well, what had happened is God straightened every part of her body except her little finger. Just this little finger. Nobody could see it except her. She said, he forgot the finger. <laughs> Imagine that. She wanted the whole thing. And Catherine said in her way, she said, oh, honey, 
I will not ask him to do that. He left it there that you might remember. You would not believe the face of the bus driver when that woman came back on the bus. That poor guy was like in shock because she was this the whole time and now she's walking up with, by herself the day, listen here, the day is here because the same God is the same yesterday, today, forever. He is still healing the sick. So let's begin believing again. Frances Scott was a woman in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Now, Sault Ste. Marie is across the way from Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. I'm preaching up there at a big high school. This woman, while I'm preaching, starts walking up the aisle just like that man in Spanish Ontario. And she too had a massive brace on her waist, metal connected to her shoes with pants over the metal. She was a bold, tall woman. Everyone knew her in town. So she comes up. And give me your chair a second. Stand up a minute. <laughs> Come here. She sits. Watch, watch your wire, brother. Your whole wire is stirred up there. She sits on my chair. I'm preaching. I'm ministering the word. Thousands of people in that high school auditorium. And she sits on my chair. Like that. I thought, oh dear God, this is not exactly what I want to see. So I'm trying to preach and here's... On my chair. Next to all the preachers. You see this leg like that. So I went up to her. I said, can I help you? She goes, and she had a voice like a man. She said, my leg. Now, those... Those kids are loving this right down there. So I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, forgive me, you know, I don't want to really tell you a whole lot. But my kids make fun of those old tapes of me. I wasn't that nice. My kids used to say, Daddy, you were rude. I wasn't rude, I was just Benny. I was just the guy from Jaffa. You gotta understand, I come from, a, from the wild, wild east. <laughs> so I said, take that thing off. Because I could hear the metal, you know, my leg. <laughs> I said, take it off. I screamed at her. Because I was already mad with the thing, you know. <laughs> so she stares at me like, well, I'm not thinking clearly that for her to take it off, She'd have to take her pants down. <laughs> Forgive me, I mean, I was, I was just starting. Come on, please. I'm almost 70 now. I was 23 then, so be patient with me. So, and I'm, come on, take that thing off. 
And she just stared. Now, finally, a group of women come running up. There was nowhere to go, nowhere. Just a little curtain back there. So they stood around the curtain. They surrounded that lady with the, this and that. And she took, well, nobody saw it, thank God, you know. So all we heard is a big scream when her foot touched the floor. I like a big scream, big scream. The, I did not know it. Had, had she told me this, I would have never said anything. She had no bones. There was no bones in her legs. She had the brace, brace on both legs, holding the shoes. Doing this. And nobody knew, and I didn't know. She had no bones. When her foot touched the floor, the bones, God literally gave her bones. She was screaming. She tore everything off, comes back, tells the police the whole story. A revival broke out in that city. They had a football game. They canceled it. Never in my life have I ever had a football game canceled for me. But they canceled it for the Lord, not me. Because there was a lady in that service that had a big daily talk show in Sousa Marie that announced it to the whole city. She said, you better go see that evangelist. All those Catholics showed up. There was such a revival that the hospital, St. Joseph Hospital in Sousa Marie, all the Catholic nuns had me come and pray for the sick in the hospital. There was some service praying for the sick in that hospital was something else. God is still the same. He hasn't changed, people. Why am I telling you this? To lift your faith. Because some of you are saying, oh, you know, I have this, I have that. He is bigger than your problem. So watch this for just a few minutes, okay? Now this is going to really bless you guys. And you need to sing the song you're going to hear on this thing. Okay, so do you guys have it ready? Push the button. Had to be in a wheelchair. Why? Because she's had a tumor on the brain. Last night, the power of God flowed into her body. She was healed, went home and threw up. These ladies said she was just throwing up the poison. Tonight, the miracle happened completely. Now, look what God has done for her. reports and I never been to your uh, conventions but my two sisters had and I said I got to get to Benny Hinn's convention they said we'll take you so we're from New Mexico and they they came they brought me well she called it convention it's all right crusade but it's just the same it doesn't matter the Lord now why you got this thing on your on your forehead uh, that shingles, my blood platelets have dropped and dropped again, and plus chemo and medicines and who knows what. Now, what did you throw? What did you say she threw up? Pastor, last night she came. Power of God began to flow in her body. The weakness was still there. You know how we emphasize the verse: "They shall lay hands on the sick; they shall recover." Right. God touched her last night. She went home and threw up. 
these ladies who are banding together in faith said, you're just throwing up the poison. Tonight, God completed the work. She's been running. If she had done that, if she had done that, she was very weak, came in, couldn't walk. Yeah, and she's been running, yeah, running the aisles, praising and magnifying God because the Lord has worked the miracle. Jesus, you're so wonderful, Jesus. Take your seats, please. Jesus. That lady forgot her shoes. No, oh, you're still there. Come on, honey. Put them back on. Put them back on. I'm so glad I came to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm just so glad. Next time I come, I'm coming to Alabama. Your presence. That's close by to Atlanta, so you can come, you know. Thanks. Pick up that, 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 those ladies. When we've gathered in your name, you promise to be with us. What? It's all over me. I know, and there's more of it coming. There's more of it coming. Pastor? Yeah. I must tell you, in August, they gave her two weeks to live. What? In August, they gave her two weeks to live. The devil is a liar. What the doctor says, no, Jesus says, the yes. The devil is a liar. All the time. I said, the devil is a liar. If his lips are moving, he's lying. Just one more time, sing it for me. Come on. When you're up against the struggles. Yeah. That shatters all your dreams. When your hopes and your dreams. Coolidge crushed by Satan's manifested seed. And you feel the urge within you. To submit to every fear. Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Praise the Lord. He can work with those who praise Praise. find you serve only to remind you they'll drop powerless behind you when you pray satan is a liar you bet he's a liar satan is That's, a liar come on say it he's a liar people satan he's a liar satan is a liar when he tells you you've got two weeks to live when he knows himself you're a child the king, you're a child of the king, you're a child of the king, 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 of Never again. She'll never, never have again. it again. again. And the people said. And tonight is your night.
This is your night. Hallelujah. And hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And God's people said, Amen. Now be seated. Is your faith high? Keep it there. All right. Oh, my goodness, I feel this. I just did this to wake you up. Lord, I thank you for what you'll do tonight. Say, Amen. Amen. All right, now, listen. There's a stream of God's divine healing virtue about to flow into this room. And I want you to know that stream will heal every disease, every sickness, every pain, every mental problem. Because the Lord has given us his promise and made full provision. I mean full provision. Therefore, there's absolutely no sickness, no disease, no physical mental affliction, no nothing that can stand in his way. And all we have to do is believe. Because the same God who healed millions already in the last 2,000 years, that has not changed. What did Jeremiah say? He said, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. There's nothing, nothing too hard for me. Why am I telling you this? I want your faith higher than ever. And we need to believe the word. Because if we don't, we don't get it. Now, we have to claim the promises by faith. We have to act on them by faith. We have to believe that God's power will be released today. unlimited power he sent his word and healed them in Psalm 107 and he delivered them out of all their troubles not one was left what did what what did Jesus say in Mark 9 23 all things not just some all things are possible to him that believes now from the very beginning of God's dealings with his people Israel. Think, he took him out of Egypt, declaring himself to be deliverer. They crossed the Red Sea, and they came to Marah, and God declared himself to be their healer. Their deliverer is now their healer. And that was the beginning of their journeys. But later we see something powerful. We see that God, after giving them the commandments, so he declared himself, I am the God that healeth thee, in Exodus 15. Now God gives them the law. And what does he say to them? He says, and I will take sickness away 
from the midst of thee. In Exodus 15, I'm the God that healeth thee. In chapter 23, I'll take sickness away from you. He repeats the covenant. He repeats the promises. And now, 40 years go by. They're about to go into the promised land. And God repeats the covenant again. In Deuteronomy chapter 7. You have to follow the journeys of the people of God. They come out, I'm your healer. After the law, I'm your healer. Before they get in, I'm your healer. He repeats it. If you look at Deuteronomy 7, God says, I will remove all sickness from the midst of you. And I will lay that disease on your enemies, not on you. The time has come, we have to believe. It is his word. And Israel acted on the promise. Acted in such a way that in Psalm 105 it says, Not one, not one was feeble among them. Nobody even had a toothache. Nobody had to go to see a doctor or a dentist or a psychiatrist. Not one feeble. Three million people. Not one. Why? Because the promise works. Think about what I'm telling you. Now, you know, sickness came to Miriam when she came against her brother. Leprosy struck her. Moses prayed for her. God healed her. He was still healing his people. Even though Miriam came against Moses. Moses prayed for her and God heard him. And you think about time and time and time again when they sinned against God. In Numbers 21, they sinned and snakes came and bit them all. And now they cry, Lord, help us, you know, we sinned, we sinned. What did God say? To Moses, he said, you build a brazen serpent, you put that on a pole. And anyone who goes to that hill and looks, they'll be healed. The people went. By looking, they lived. By not looking, they did not live. How simple it, it is just to look. Whosoever looks will live. Time after time after time, God healing his blessed people. Now, I want to say something here to all of you. This, this amazing, all-powerful God who spoke the worlds into existence, who breathed life into man, that same God came to save us and heal us. This same God is eternal, cannot change. There's no such thing as a day of miracles. There's a God of miracles. And he does not change. And the Bible is very, very, very clear that divine healing is a part 
of the plan of God. Divine healing, forgiveness are twins. It says easy to get healed as it is to be forgiven. Think about that. It's by faith. How easy is it to say, Lord, I'm sorry, and you're forgiven. Just as easy to say, Lord, I give you my body. The reason people are not healed is because they are not giving God their disease. Listen to me. Whatever you give him, he'll fix it. You have to give it to him. When you give him your sin, he'll cleanse you. When you give him your weakness, he'll strengthen you. Well, why don't you also give him your disease? Surely he bore, he bore. Achen, Hebrew says, surely. It's even stronger than surely. It's like so, so assuredly, so verily. So absolutely took our sickness. That word in the King James is not grief. It's disease in Hebrew. Chole, disease. And he took our pain, makob, but not sorrow. He bore it upon him. How easy it is to receive. You see, healing is not a man-made doctrine. Healing is the flow of God's life. That's his life. And when we receive his life, healing will happen. And all we have to do is act. Accept it by faith. Don't question it. Don't try to reason it. Just accept it. A lady named Rita Lacour. MS. She was in her 40s on a wheelchair. Told she'll never ever be free from MS. Never heard the name Jesus in her Catholic church. Never. A lady named Mrs. Champagne, whom I knew, and I knew both of them, had gone to see Miss Kuman and saw the power of God. And hundreds upon hundreds of French Canadians were getting healed in Pittsburgh through Catherine's ministry, coming back, telling their friends. And dear Rita had been on that wheelchair so long. Her children, her husband, no one took care of them. And she looked at her husband, Jock. She said, I want to go down to Pittsburgh. He said, why? They tell me there's a woman down there that prays for the sick. Oh, no, he said, I will not go down there. That's a long drive from Quebec City. It is a long drive. 
Well, after a few days, she just won't give up. And finally, he said, all right, I'll take you. They drove hours and hours. It's at least 10 hours from Quebec to Toronto, dear Lord. That's another seven, eight hours to Pittsburgh. They get to the service, they cannot get in. At First Presbyterian Church, right there, downtown Pittsburgh. By the William Penn Hotel. Still there. And couldn't get in. An usher finds Rita crying outside the building on her wheelchair. He hears the story. He says, listen, you come in and I'll give you my, my seat. So he puts the wheelchair way in the back so nobody can see her under the balcony. Now there's Rita sitting there and she told me that story more than once. I had her on This Is Your Day and blessed all of us. She thought to herself, this woman must be paying people money to come up there and say that. Because they were coming up saying, I'm healed, I was healed of this, healed of that. But then she thought to herself at the end, no, no, there's no way they can all lie. Too many people coming up saying the same thing, they're healed. They can't all be paid to say that. And finally she looked up, almost the end of the service. And she said, Jesus, I never talked to you. Never once did she even speak his name. And then she said, the priest never told me about you. I don't know you. And I think this line is a sweet line, she said. But I know your mother. <laughs> it's a simple faith. I don't know you. My priest never mentions your name. I know your mother. Now, if you're really the healer, as this woman says, she's pointing at Catherine now. Heal my body. I give it to you. And she felt heat go through her body. She pulled on her husband. She said, Chuck, Chuck, something is happening to my body. He said, oh, be quiet. They're going to throw us out. Don't make a scene. She said, I'm telling you, something has happened to me. Be quiet, be quiet. She said, there's only one way to find out. Stood up, never went back in that wheelchair. The God that made that promise in Exodus 15 healed a woman who did not even know his name. No different than John 5. When the Lord came to the pool of Bethesda. And a man who did not know his name was healed. The Lord's favorite question. Will thou be made whole? Think about that one. That man. Who had been waiting. To step into the pool. And couldn't get in. Now. Think about this. Let's say this is you. A man comes up to you. You don't know him. You never seen him. You had never heard his name. And he says, will you be made whole? And then he says, get up and walk. That man could have said, no. 
I'm not going to get up and walk. I don't know who you are. By what authority do you tell me get up and walk? But he believed, even a stranger. He didn't know it was the, the Son of God. We all know the story. He was healed completely by obeying a simple instruction. Get up and walk. He did. This wonderful Jesus is still the same. He has not changed. Take my word for it. But more than that, take his word for it. Never will he change. He is still our wonderful great physician. I don't care what the doctors have said. We all honor doctors and believe in medicine. I do too, of course. But it doesn't matter what they say. It's what he says. Now, Isaiah 53 says clearly, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastised for our peace. Come sit down. And with his stripes, I was watching a documentary a few weeks ago. And I saw when the Romans whipped him, they used metal on those, on those whips. That according to the people who study the Shah of Turim, those were heavy metals, not small little round metals, because his organs, her, the Lord's organs were shattered. According to them, we sometimes don't think, don't realize the sufferings he went through for our healing. Think for just a minute. In Gethsemane, his blood comes out of his sweat because of the pressure. The enemy was trying to kill him. Resisting against sin, the Bible says in Hebrews. His robe stained with blood as he goes to the house of Caiaphas. And now they beat him. They buffet him. They pull his beard off, fulfilling Isaiah 50. And when you read this most remarkable prophecy, sometimes I think people just don't pay attention to the words of this most remarkable portion. And I want you all to hear this. Dear Lord, I give you the praise for this. I gave my back to those who struck me. My cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. You read this amazing book of Isaiah. And you read portions that are more than amazing. More than amazing. As many were astonished at thee, 
Isaiah 52, 14. His visit so marred more than any man, his form more than the sons of man. No man was beaten like that. You read Psalm 22, his bones were exposed. He said, I can count all my bones. They literally tore his body apart. That's why we read broken body. Take, eat my broken body. So not only did they beat his face in the house of Caiaphas, pull his beard off, marred his face, disfigured his face, so he could not even be recognizable as a human being for us. Then now he's in the praetorium in front of Pilate and his soldiers. And they whip him with such rage, demonic rage, in fact. They tear his flesh off. That's why it says his form, more than any man, was marred. On that cross, his body was torn. Torn before he ever made the cross. For our healing. And we don't want to believe it. We're rejecting his offer. Rejecting his pain for our disease. Why? Well, I just don't accept it. It's my tradition. It's my theology. Regardless of your tradition, it is God's will. Everything required for you has been done, accomplished, to be healed. Because it says, Jesus paid in full. The price is paid in full. I'm sure I'm talking to someone tonight who, who just heard from the doctor. And you're frightened. Your disease is going to die tonight. Jesus did not lay his life down, carry your sin, take your disease, suffer shame, suffer agony, for you to receive just 50% or 75%. He paid a heavy price. It's freely offered to you. Will you accept it? Of course you will. So our faith must be fixed, not on theology or tradition, but the promise of God. We have to begin to believe his report now. Bible Rendell, healed of cancer in OCC. Real estate woman, she's still alive in Tampa. She was dying. Came to OCC, was healed. 
went back to her doctor. He said, it's all in your mind. She said, I rebuke your words and I break them. He said, what? She said, I break your words. It's not in my mind. I'm healed. My color is back. My strength is back. My hair is back. What do you mean? It's in my mind. He said, there's no such thing as healing. She said, I'm no longer your patient. You're just an instrument of the devil. And walked out. She's still healed. Because she would not accept someone telling her it's in your mind. You see, the devil fights your faith. It's all about faith. It's all about faith. If you cannot accept the word of God, you'll be ruined. Not just about disease and sickness, about life. If we did not believe the Bible, where would we be? With anything in life. No. The word of God is our life. There's nowhere to go. To whom shall we go? You have the words of life. That's why we, don't, we do not fear death. Because the word of God says, when you're absent from your body, you're with the Lord. I walked in on Suzanne and her sister Leanne and her sister Liz and her mom Pauline when their daddy went to be with the Lord. I was in Indonesia. I come back and I see Suzanne, Leanne, Liz and Pauline and their uncle Paul sitting staring at an open casket by themselves in some, some place down here in Orlando. And they looked so sad. I said, get over here. Come here. I said, that's not your dead. That's his tent. What are you doing crying over a tent? They all came alive. That's what the Bible says. It's a tent. Read that in 2 Corinthians 5. It's only a tent. People cry about a tent because they don't know the Bible. It's a glove. It's an earth suit. That's all you have. The body is your earth suit. And one day your earth suit will get so old it won't look that good on you. <laughs> so God wants you free from the earth suit. Because he has another one in glory for you. That's why we sorrow not as others that have no hope. When people lose loved ones, oh, I lost my loved one. I didn't lose mine. I know exactly where my mom is. I didn't lose my dad. He's in heaven. I know exactly where he is. When my daddy went to be with the Lord in 82, he was 58 years old. If I did not have the Bible, I would have been gone. Because my mom and family were blaming God for killing him. They were young Christians. How can God take him home? How can God allow it? I said, Mom, he smoked all his life. <laughs> and smoking will cause cancer, Mom. 
And God won't come out, you know, he, he will not come along and pull the cigarette out of your mouth. Dad enjoyed the cigarette. That's why he could not stay alive. God had nothing to do with it. Oh, they got really mad at me. But I was rejoicing and praising the Lord in that home, in that funeral home. Because I knew what the Bible says. Finally, I convinced all of them to stop it. I said, Dad is in heaven. Stop it. And I remember Corey Tim Boom preaching about the glove and the hand years before that. Where she said, your hand is the Lord and the glove is you. And how you have to surrender to the, to, to the hand and then you can do anything with the glove. God released me when I looked at my dad's body and God said, it's only a glove. Man, I was free like that. So our loved ones don't go to the casket. They're not in the grave. Why are you going there putting flowers? Stop wasting your money. It's a glove, people. It's a glove. It's an, it's an old suit. Do you bury your suit and go put a flower on it? The Bible says that ye sorrow not even as others that have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus, God will bring with him. There is no death to the believer. Look, the body is not dead. It's sleeping. Why are you crying if it's sleeping? Concerning them which are asleep. Jesus said, Lazarus is asleep. Let's go wake him up. And so, well, if he's sleeping and wake up, then he had to finally explain why he said that. A daddy walked into a funeral home with his wife and saw the little boy in the casket. And the dad said, goodbye, son, goodbye forever. The mom kissed that little boy. She said, I'll see you in the morning, baby. I'll see you in the morning. That's our faith. Where would we be without the Bible? Messed up. I'm here to tell you. I don't care what disease is in your body. God is a healer. So enough of this. Oh, will God heal me? Oh, Lord, help me now. Why, why, why? Whatever you did to mess it up, he'll fix it. He'll fix it. He'll fix anything. Just give it to him. I tell the story about my son Joshua, and sometimes my family doesn't like it, but when he was a kid, I bought him a nice truck. With all the remotes and all the all the stuff, he was too young for the little remote. He he was too little to understand. You have to push this and push this and push that. So he got so mad and he smashed that thing. Big truck, destroyed. He brings it to me with all the broken pieces. He was only five or six years old. He looks, Daddy, fix it. <laughs> I wanted to say. Well, I can't fix it. You broke it so bad. 
I said, no, I better not because I'll destroy his faith. He looked so trusting. Fix it. So I did. I just bought him a new one. <laughs> Never told him. Because that face was so trusting. Fix it. That's all we have to do. Come up to our Heavenly Father. Fix it. And he'll fix it. He doesn't have to go get you a new one. He'll just fix it. What a mighty God we serve. Think about the times after time after time God healed his people. In the Old Testament. Wow. For this purpose, 1 John 3, 8, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the devil's power. And sickness and sin are the result of the fall. But thank God, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Whatever disease, it'll be gone in Jesus' mighty name. By his wounds, we are healed. And the Bible says he healed them all. I want to paint something for you. I want to paint something for you. Now, Bruce, you be real good back there behind me. <laughs> Just let the Lord lead you, brother. Let the Lord now lead you. You are the God that healeth me. You are the Lord. My healer, you sent your word, healed my disease. You are the Lord, my healer. I think about, I think about Matthew chapter 4. And I think about verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and disease among the people. And it says, he healed all of them. And then that crowd followed him up a mountain and heard the most amazing sermon blessed are the poor in spirit and every time I, I see that I think how the Lord healed these people before he fed these people Here you have the most r remarkable uh, story in the Bible. Just heavenly. He's sitting on a hill. C can you just lift your hands a minute?
Oh, it is Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus. It is Jesus in my soul. For I have touched the hem of his garment. I feel the winds changing here and his blood hath made me whole. Can you just give me your attention for a moment and look at me a minute? I just felt something change would you for a moment see this man from Galilee sitting on that mountain top tall wide shoulders long beautiful brown curly hair eyes of love his face full of peace and love. And you see that crowd there listening to him. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are you when all men say all men are evil against you. And that crowd is sitting there healed already. He goes down from that mountain and there comes to him a leper. Looks up, Lord, if it's your will. And Jesus cleanses him from leprosy. Now he's on the way to the house of Simon Peter. And the centurion's servant comes and says, My master has sent us. His servant is sick. I'll come. Now we have to remember that Jesus began healing the sick in Matthew 4. He'd been preaching all that morning after healing all the crowds. Just heal the leper. And now... It's early evening. He says, I'll come. Just speak the word. Just speak the word. The servant is healed. He goes to the house of Simon Peter. There's a crowd there waiting. He heals them all. In the house and out of the house. Now, nighttime, he goes on a boat. A storm rages at night. They wake him up. Be still. He goes to Gadara, 
It's early in the morning now, the next day. And a demoniac comes running down that hill. And he sets him free. That demoniac could not come to the miracle service yesterday. So Jesus went to where he was. My brother, if you cannot come to him, he'll come to you. Because that's the master. He knows about your troubles. And he sets that man free from all those devils. He gets in the boat, goes back to Kapanam. And blind men meet him. He heals them. Never stops healing the sick. It is his nature to heal. Or the time when he was sitting on that hill in Galilee. And they brought to him all the lame and the maimed and the blind and the deaf. Can you just picture that in your mind? Jesus sitting on a rock. Striking and majestic and powerful and peaceful. Such glory on him. The Bible says when they saw him, they were amazed. Just amazed. Can you see the sick coming up that hill? Someone carrying a, some crippled man, another carrying a child who's blind. Another carrying an old man who's crippled. Another helping an old woman, a mother. They cast them at his feet and he healed them all. But one of my favorites, one of my favorites, there comes a knock one day. Lydia, get up, Lydia. They say that was her name with the issue of blood. A neighbor came and said, Lydia, they say the man from Nazareth is about to pass by your door. Get up, Lydia. He may never pass that way again. This is your moment. And Lydia gets herself already gets out of the door and sees a crowd looks way down there and she sees the man from Galilee and she says if I can only touch the hem of his garment I'll be healed and she crawls she crawls and someone's leg hits her there and someone's foot steps on her little frail hand she bleeds here and bleeds there dust flying in her face and covering her clothing and she comes with a trembling hand and touches the hem of his garment and she's made whole lift your hands and oh the joy that floods my soul because something 
always happens and now I know he touched me and made me whole. I want to hear that violin here. And he touched me. Sing it with me. Oh, he touched me. Stand up and declare it. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happens. Something happens. And now I know he touched me and made me just a whisper he touched me sing it with me oh he joy that floods my soul something always happens when Jesus comes like with Lydia Jesus is passing by just reach out and touch the hem of his garment right now Jesus is passing by call his name Jesus is passing by Reach out and touch The hem of his garment right now Lift your hands to him Jesus Makes me whole. 
Jesus. men from every nation 
to the Son of Man. His eyes were a flaming fire, his hair white as wool, his appearance brighter than the sun. When I saw him, I fell as a dead man. And he laid his right hand upon me and saying, Fear not, John. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, wonderful Jesus, adore him now, 
your hands on that sickness if you're sick in body place your hand now on where the sickness is if the sickness is all over your body place your hand just on your body as I pray and you continue to worship the Lord will touch you you said Lord he was wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquities chastised for our peace the stripes were healed once again. But our healer, and I step into my office, I command every disease to go. Commit every sickness to go in Jesus' name. Be gone. 
in his holy name. Lift your hands, receive. The anointing is here. Call upon his name. Whisper his holy name. As you do, you'll feel his mighty anointing. You're Jesus. You're glorious. There's an asthma just been healed. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Someone's back has been healed. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Every one of you, just lift your hands and lift your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost. Someone's leg over here to my left has just been healed. You had a lot of pain in that leg. Arthritis in the hips way back there has been healed. A bleeding ulcer, I rebuke it. An infection in the throat, I rebuke it. Someone to my right with that infection in the throat, keep praying in the Holy Ghost. Someone had a neck injury recently. You had a lot of pain in your shoulders as a result. Not only your neck, but your shoulders. You felt like a warmth came over you. Many of you feel, even now, a beautiful warm sensation on your body. Others of you felt earlier like a tingle, like electricity, gentle electricity flowing through your body. Keep praying. Someone with a kneecap, the doctor said, you need surgery. No, the Lord has just healed you that somebody with that knee problem you also felt a warmth come on that leg the Lord has healed it completely someone with a circulation problem is being healed somebody with a circulation problem an ear infection don't wait for me to call out your healing please lift your hands and ask the Lord to heal you he will not reject you, I promise you. He is our precious healing Savior. A shoulder injury has been healed, I give you praise. A skin problem has been healed, I give you praise. Someone with an ankle swelled, you have swelling in the ankle, the, the, the swelling is, is going down. A lot of people are being healed watching this all over the world. If God has healed you, if the Lord has healed you, keep praying, sweet people. If the Lord has healed you and you know it, and you, 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 you know it, do something you could not do before. Just do something now and, and, and check it out. Keep praying, people of God. If the Lord has healed you, quickly get out of your seats and come line up over there to the left. If the Lord has healed you, come out of your seats line up right over there to the left of, of the of the stage 
Everyone just keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Lift your hands and keep praying. The, 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 the healing anointing is flowing, it's flowing, it's flowing. A muscle condition also has been healed. If God has healed you, just come and stand over here on the side. Come quickly, stand over there on the side. Don't stay in your seat, otherwise you could lose that healing. Even if I don't talk to you, even if I don't uh, speak to you, you just come and stand right here. It's important you come and stand right over there. Everyone lift your hands and pray in the Spirit. Come on. Let them through, let them through, let them through over there. There's a lot of healings, a lot of healings, a lot of healings. Can we give my, my Jessica a microphone? Can we give her a microphone? Keep praying, keep praying. I see some, I see some uh, young lady with troubles uh, with your stomach, something to do with your stomach. You just feel heat all over the stomach right now. Jesse, honey, what happened to the, to the, just keep them right down there. Let me just hear it she first. She had psoriasis on her skin and it's all gone. It's a skin infection. Come here, darling, come here. Your Jesus, you're glorious. Just stand right there, darling. All of you, lift your hands to pray in the, in the Holy Spirit. You had problems with your skin, young lady. You had troubles with your skin. How bad was it? Jesse, honey, what, what happened? She dislocated her shoulder and she just took off her brace. There's the pain is gone. Move your shoulder. Pray just a few minutes more. Lift your hands and pray. What, what happened to her, baby? She had pain in her ankle and all the pain is gone. Yeah. We called it out. glory Ryan a new anointing there's an, another position another position we are temple give your reverence I see another position another step up you feel heat on your chest. What happened, babe? 
She had asthma. You called it out, and the pain oh, is gone. Asthma. You asthma. called it out, and the pain is gone. She felt fire in her chest. There's people here. Please. She had colitis and she was in a lot of pain and the pain is leaving. In, come here. One more time, Jesse. Colitis and she was in a lot of pain and the pain is getting less and less. In her tummy? In, in, yeah, in this area. Lord. There's somebody with an, with, a, with an ear infection that was healed a little while ago. Check your, check your hearing. You can hear everything. Pick her up. This great anointing on her. Michael, come stand beside me, honey, please. See where that guy is right there with the yellow, the yellow shirt there? Yeah. Someone right in, in your area is being healed of a problem right here in the in the hip area I don't, I don't know if it's you or someone behind you but that anointing is very strong right there for that I, I don't know who you are but just receive that healing you've had that problem in your hip right in front of your hip thank you Lord come stand with me Lord, I give you praise. Just one more time, saints. Lift your hands to heaven. Shh. Holy. Holy, holy are you, Lord. Jesse, come up here. The elders and angels are the Gentle there, Bruce. Holy, holy, holy. Now there's something happening now here. The elders and angels. Hold on to me. There it is. Strength, Lord Jesus, give them strength. Holy, holy, 
Now, Lord, they're your servants. They're your servants. You chose them. You chose them. Let them know your strength. Spirit, soul and body. Strengthen them. In the inner man. Strengthen them deep in their soul. Quicken their bodies to serve you. Give them longevity of life. Open mighty doors. Do with them what you have never done with me. Way more, way more, way more than they can believe for. Exceeding abundantly above all they can even believe or think. All I've seen, Lord, you know, my lifetime, just the beginning. Just the beginning. They'll see greater, much greater. Much greater. Only my ankles got wet. Only my ankles got wet. But let the waters they walk in go higher than that. Way higher than that. And I thought surely I could see no greater. But the greater is coming with Michael and Jessica. Now Lord, I commit them to you with all my heart I commit them to you and my darling Theo my darling Benny my darling Sophia they're yours let their path be bright brighter than they'll ever know yes Lord Lily too, David too, Judah and Josiah too. Yes, Lord, for your glory, for your glory. We give you our families and loved ones that you'll use every one of them. Theo, Josh. Tosh, every one of them. We belong to you, Lord, to none else. We belong to no one else but you. Thank you for this beautiful service in this moment. Give me the praise. Oh, what the Lord is showing me about you both will amaze you. But I'll tell you privately. I'll tell you privately. But as we stand here in this holy moment, as we stand in this holy moment, many of you tonight, you're not ready. Your life is full of confusion. Maybe some troubles in your soul. 
maybe a sin that you cannot be free from. The word declares where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. And it's now. If you truly want liberty from that sin, liberty from that oppression in your soul, come to Jesus. Just come to Jesus. Because where he is, there is no oppression. Where it stands, there is no bondage and sin. Only light. Only life. I want to pray for you before I walk off this platform under the anointing. Every one of you that wants to surrender now, now, get down here as quickly as you can and kneel or stand in front of this platform. This is not the time to hesitate. This is not the time to question. This is the time to come and say, Jesus, I come. Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming home, Lord. I come to you where I belong. Away from the world and away from sin and away from self and away from the flesh. I come. I'm tired. I'm tired of the world. I'm tired of the bondage I've had to fight all these years. Set me free, Lord. I give you my life. I give you my life. It's a holy moment here right now, saints. Lift your hands to heaven and thank him for this. Come unto Jesus. Give him your life today. Come unto Jesus. Let him have his way. David, come take a microphone, help me. Come unto Jesus. Give him your life today. Come unto Jesus, let him have his way. Sing it with me, David. Come unto Jesus, give him your life today. Come unto Jesus, let him have his way. Now all of you in, in the audience doing all the people here, just say, dear Jesus, out loud say, dear Jesus, I'm tired. I'm tired of the world, the bondage and all that's in it. I really need you. I need you now. I need your peace, your love, your acceptance, your joy. 
and I come now just as I am and I surrender my life my future my all be my all in all my Jesus my Savior forever now Lord you heard what they said and they meant it and they mean it answer that wonderful prayer peace that passeth all understanding forever wasn't the Lord just so wonderful his presence so divine I don't think I'll ever be the same because of that service when I stood next to my children and prayed with them oh the Lord's presence was so sweet in that service and I pray you sensed it and I pray the Lord has touched you and Lord I pray heal your people let this be the day Lord everyone who's been with us watching this, will receive their healing. You said if two will agree, you'll do it. And Lord, I agree with them right now that every one of them will be healed. And Lord, if they have a loved one they're praying for, they will be healed. If they have a son or a daughter needing a miracle, that miracle will come in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, I stretch my hands in faith. Let's just believe God. I stretch my hands and face, Lord. And I believe that miracle will take place today, today, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you for joining me now. But it's time now to give to the Lord's work. You know, the Lord has been doing such precious things with all of us. With his blessing us, protecting us, and will keep protecting us for years to come. No lack, no lack, no lack among us. No matter what happens in this world, no lack. It shall come to pass in the last days, I will pour out my spirit, he said, upon all flesh. He, he didn't say it shall come to pass in the last days, there'll be wars and troubles in the church. Never. These things belong in the world. In the church, I will pour out my spirit. And that means abundance in every part of our life, spiritually, physical health and healing, blessings untold. You know, when we, when we sing, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, Lord, new mercies, they'll never stop. And all we have to do is love Jesus, walk with him, follow him, obey him. So simple, really. So let's give him today. Let's give to the Lord's word. Let's give to him out of our love. Let's give to him out of our love. He said, give it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give to your bosom. That's his lovely promise to us. So you can give on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or simply text BHM45777. And join me again tomorrow. We're going to have a blessed week next week. All is well. Saints, all is well. Amen. Bye-bye.